All right, well, good morning. Happy Sabbath. It's good to see uh, many of you again, uh, familiar faces and some new ones to me, so that's great. For those who I haven't met, my name is Kevin, and I currently am serving as the chaplain at Porter Adventist Hospital. That's where Edre and I know each other from and connected, and so um, he glad to, glad to be here this morning. Just want to spend a few moments thinking about what I believe is one of life's most important and valuable habits or skills or whatever you want to say. Certainly not one of life's easiest, that is for sure, but one that I believe God has intended for our good, and that is the idea of forgiveness. It's impossible to cover all of the facets of forgiveness in the few moments we have together, but hopefully we'll be able to think about and process and work through together. You know, um, all of us have a forgiveness journey, all right? Um, and as both a pastor and a chaplain, I have the privilege of working uh, alongside, coming alongside people who are struggling with forgiveness issues. What is it, and how do I go about it, and, and what does it mean if I'm not ready to forgive? Does that mean I'm a bad person, and all of these things. And so hopefully we'll be able to dispel some of the myths uh, that surround forgiveness so that we can experience this incredible gift and healing and hope that God has provided uh, for us. As we think about forgiveness, for those of you that were here last time, I think it was in March when I was here last, we talked about um, four foundational truths and one commitment. And I just want to briefly go over those because I think it's an important framework as we think about forgiveness and um, having a heart and an attitude that's open to forgiving others. So four foundational truths. Number one, recognizing that we're all human, all right? which means we all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all do things that we would like to have back at some point in time. All right? And it can be very easy to recognize our own humanness, but when we're wounded by someone else, they're the villain, the monster, the whatever, right? And, and it's more difficult to see the humanity in someone who has wounded us. But it is true, we are all human. We all have value. And that value is intrinsic. These go together. But our value is set from cradle to grave. Um, there's a reason Jesus paid it all. Because he loves us and because we have value. And to be able to own our own value and to see the value in others is incredibly important. Um, fourth is that we're all redeemable. That doesn't mean that everyone wants to be redeemed, um, but we never know when in someone's story they may take accountability for the hurts that they have incurred. And like Zacchaeus, if you remember the story of Zacchaeus, say, I've been wrong, I want to make this right. Right? Sometimes it seems near impossible. It's easy to write people off, but we never know how their story ends. And as we keep these things in mind, our commitment, and I believe it, what it means to be a human and to be a follower of Christ, is that by God's grace, I will do no harm. Right? I will do my best to nurture and foster life and healing and wholeness um, rather than things that are, are painful and passing on that lineage of pain or that experience of pain. 
Robert Enright, who's written a, a marvelous book and who has spent much of his life thinking about the issues of forgiveness and what it means, says, here are some things to think about. It's there in the gray box um, across from these truths. It says, remember that this person, the person who wounded us, is special, they're unique, and they're irreplaceable. They're one of a kind, just like you are one of a kind as well. This person, he says, may have been, I would say, this person, we've all been wounded, right? (laughs) Recognize that wounded people wound people. And so... um, Asking the question, how might this person have been wounded? And lastly, this person may have already encountered injustice today and could be hurting. Have you ever experienced or caught yourself in this or or maybe someone else where they've had a difficult circumstance, things have not been going right that morning, it was just a frustrating morning, they had an argument with the kids or something was happening and they hold it in, and all of a sudden, they let it out on you, or you let it out on, right? And it really didn't have anything to do with the person. It was just they were at the right place at the right time for you to just let loose, all right? And so to recognize, again, does it make it right? Does it make it any less painful? Absolutely not. <laughs> it still hurts. It's still something to be owned and to be careful with. But to recognize, again, that even with our best intentions, and by God's grace, we're learning, we're growing, um, but there's going to be things that come out of our mouth, and we think, where did that come from? And, oh, no, I can't get that back, right? Um, or um, So learning to find the humanity in other people. I would say developing a, a, a mindset of curiosity over judgment, Right? It can be very easy to judge someone, well, that's a bad person, or that's a, right? And asking the question, I wonder what hurts and wounds they have encountered that now they're expressing that hurt and wound towards me in this way, right? Um, That's not natural. It's not comfortable sometimes. It's certainly not easy. But for forgiveness and healing to take place, I think um, we need to keep in mind the humanity of someone else. All right, so let's go through um, a few of these myths and truths. The myths are the ones that are listed first on the left, and then we'll, um, the truth is the second or the one on the right. I don't know if you've ever heard this myth, but um, forgiveness is weakness, right? Have you ever heard that? I've heard people say that, you know, I am not willing to forgive someone else because if I do that, I'm going to look weak, right? Yeah. And the truth is, anyone can hold a grudge. To be honest, that's the easy thing to do, right? That comes incredibly natural. That's our human tendency. It takes a significant amount of intention um, to be able to... Um, see past our hurt and our wound and to be able to see the humanity of someone else and to say, I may not feel like it, but I'm making a choice um, to forgive. I would say forgiveness requires a significant amount of emotional, mental fortitude to be able to offer this um, gift. 
some people have said, well, forgiveness is a subversion of justice, right? Like, they did me wrong, and they deserve to pay for what they did wrong, and I don't want to let them just get off scot-free, right? That's not fair. They've wounded me. They've taken something from me. Um, There should be some consequences. And those are kind of two separate things, to be honest, It's possible to forgive someone and for them to still experience the consequences of their choice. In the Bible, think about the story of David and Bathsheba. Remember David who um, had an affair with Bathsheba and then went so far to cover it up that he had his faithful uh, Uriah, who was fighting the war and was was a very upright person, he carried his own death warrant to to Joab, and he died. And David owned and recognized his mistake, and I believe God forgave him for that, but there was still consequence. you remember what the consequence was? The child that he and Bathsheba had, um, as a result of that affair, died, right? There was consequence. There's other stories in David's life. David and Bathsheba, uh, sorry, David, when he did the census of Israel, you remember there were consequences for his decision. Did God forgive him? I believe so. But there were still consequences to the choices he made. I don't know if you um, enjoy, this week I was watching um, one of these TV judge shows. And um, sometimes it's interesting, some of the cases that come before these judges And one of the cases I was watching this week was where there was a young lady, she was 17 at the time that happened, um, but she stole the identity of another individual, another female. And it cost this female uh, significantly. I mean, she lost jobs, her reputation, all these things, because when they were running credit reports and you know, all this, they were finding this person who was living a life um, that did not match her life, but she was having to pay the consequences while the other person was getting off free. And it was interesting because they were both in court at the same time, right? And the judge judges, there were actually three judges there, gave opportunity for them to interact together. And the plaintiff was able to say, despite these 15 years of misery that you've put me through, I forgive you. I forgive you. And the defendant, with tears in her eyes, said, I'm so sorry. I know there's nothing I can do to truly make this right or to take this back. And I just don't know anything else to say other than please know my heart that I truly am sorry for the pain that I've caused you. A beautiful moment, a moment of forgiveness. And the judges said, there's no way to fully make this right, but you're going to pay something for the hurt and the pain that you've caused this person, right? So there was still a judgment um, that said there are consequences. So forgiveness is not necessarily just wiping it under the rug and there's no consequence to our choices. Um, If that were the case, that would become hugely problematic. There's a a principle in Scripture that most often what we reap is what we sow, right? There's kind of this cause and effect. 
And if people never experience the pain of our choices, then there's no kind of guiding principles that help give corrective action. So um, it's not a subversion of justice. There is accountability, even when forgiveness happens. Um, on your list, I'm just going to mention it. I'll let you look it up. I would invite you to, think, to check out the story of Marietta Yeager, a heartbreaking story, and yet an amazing story of how her actually forgiving led to justice <laughs> rather than um, injustice. Um, it's a, a wonderful story, but a hard story um, as well. All right, number three. Have you ever heard this? Forgive and forget. Have you ever done that? No? Yeah, me either. This idea of forgiving and forgetting, um, yes, we forgive, but that doesn't mean that it completely erases and there's no memory. It's not like our hard drive is wiped clean of these things. It's not so much forgetting as it is being able to remember without the emotional hook, right? That starts a spiraling in, in negative ways. Um, that's a part of your experience. And I would say that as we remember, depending on how we remember, there are lessons to learn and things that um, can be helpful as we move forward. But if we're just living in this vicious cycle of where there's this cauldron of emotions and thoughts that are racing and that are uncontrollable and they are impacting our life because we're seething. Uh, I was with a, with a person this week who was talking about, you know, just emotionally and mentally they were overwhelmed, they were stressed, they didn't know how they were going to put their life back together, and they were just... Um, fixated on the fact that the person who wounded them has not yet been punished. And they were angry, like, when is this person going to be punished? This isn't fair. This isn't right. This isn't right. And it was to the point where we, I asked the person, I said, I, I understand it. Well, I don't understand it, but I hear what you're saying. That's a better way of saying it. A question you may want to ask yourself, though, is... Is it worth spending all of your time and energy and focus on why this person hasn't <laughs> been punished yet? Or would it be more productive to spend your time and energy uh, on figuring out what you want your life to be and pouring your energy into that? All right? <laughs> There's some things we don't have control. We don't have control about whether people get punished or not necessarily. And so where do we want to put our time and our energy and our, and our focus? Again, recognizing it, it's still wrong, um, but there's no need to, as someone said, give people rent-free space in our head and in our heart, right? Um, because those people move on. They're probably not thinking about us. So why are we spending all of our time allowing them to, to dictate who we are and how we're going to view life? All right. all right. Number four, forgiveness is easy. All right. 
I, I, again, this is very much the kind of like the weakness. I would say forgiveness is not easy. It's something that can be incredibly difficult and, um, and is a significant act of courage, I would say. It takes courage to be able to be vulnerable and uh, to be able to count the cost. And this is why it's not easy. Remember the story that Jesus told about the, the unforgiving servant, the one who owed so much and came to the king, and the king forgave him, and then he went out and found someone who owed him a little bit and threw him in jail, right? This idea. That whole uh, story is about indebtedness, right? And Jesus sets this story of when we say, I forgive you, it's counting the cost. Because it is going to cost you something to forgive, right? It's going to cost, I'm going to give up my right to be angry. I'm going to give up my right to whatever that you may have a full right to. But again, is it serving you well? And it's saying, I'm counting the cost. And let's be honest, someone's got to pay the cost, right? It's either going to be the person who incurred the debt or, like with the king, it was impossible for the, other, for the servant to pay. It was impossible And so what did he say? I'll pay the cost. Isn't that what salvation is? Right? Jesus paid it all. That's that's what we're saying. Jesus recognized that we have a debt that we cannot pay on our own. It's impossible. But someone has to pay the cost. And Jesus chose to pay it all for us. So it's not something where we're just issuing words. It's counting the cost and saying, this hurt. This still hurts, maybe. Right? And I could hold you on the hook like that servant and throw you in jail and make life miserable for you. But God has been gracious and paid my debt. I am willing to pay it forward or to pass it on and to forgive you your debt as well. This is one of the things that we have with our kids is we have told them, you know, when something happens, there's the tendency to say, I'm sorry, just so they can go about their day, right? And we've told them, um, you take as much time as you need. You take as much time as you need to figure out and to process this. And when you're ready to have a conversation Come let us know and we'll get this figured out, right? Because it really doesn't mean much when you say you have to do this before you can go outside and play and someone's like, I'm sorry, right? (laughs) Like, will you forgive me? You know, and they're not really meaning it. It's just like, I want to go play, so I'm going to say the words and let's get this over with and let's, right? And so it's not something to be rushed. It's not something necessarily easy. To be able to say, no, take the time that you need, and when you're able to have a conversation, a meaningful conversation, let's work through this, right? But it's not something we rush through. All right, Uh, Robert Enright says, mercy is offering to others what they have not deserved because of their lack of respect, kindness, generosity, and love toward you. Even though they did not extend these to you, It is the case in forgiveness that you do give these to those who have hurt you. That is mercy, to give what was not given to you. This has nothing to do with fairness. 
It has to do with mercy. By the way, here's, here's an argument that sometimes you'll, I've read in books or I've had people say, who is forgiveness primarily for? Is it for the person offering forgiveness or is it for the person receiving forgiveness? Yeah, right. It's not an either or, right? Anytime we make it a, it's either this or that, someone's going to lose, right? It's a both and. It's both for the one who's giving forgiveness as well as the one receiving. It's to provide the opportunity for wholeness and healing for both parties. It's not a choice between one or the other, right? I think we jip ourselves when we, when we think like that. All right, number five. Forgiveness is excusing behavior as opposed to um, counting the cost. So, and this kind of goes with uh, subverting justice. Again, Robert Enright says, Forgiveness stands in the truth that what happened was unfair. It's still unfair. It will always be unfair. At the same time, the one who forgives willfully tries to abandon resentment and to think of the other person as fully human in spite of what he or she did. So, you know, when we think about other people, I hear this from my kids a lot. I have a 14-year-old and an almost 8-year-old. And you hear the argument about fairness a lot, right? It's not fair that this person did that, and I didn't get to do this, and it's a, you know. Anyhow, it's all about fairness. The reality in life is life is not fair. And the reality is, from a Christian perspective, boy, am I glad life is not fair. Right? Because if life was fair, I would die for my own sins. There would be no forgiveness or no hope. It's not fair that a perfect being in the person of Jesus paid for my sins. That's not fair. But it's merciful. And it's just. And it's these things, right? So sometimes it's how we think about them. This is not about fairness. This is about healing and mercy and following the example of Jesus to make myself and by God's grace, the world a better, more peaceful place to be. All right. Um, again, we talked a little bit about it, but forgiveness, the idea that forgiveness is quick, right? It just, you know, God said forgive, so I'm just going to forgive and move on. Well, if that's your case, God bless you. That's great. But that's not everyone's experience. I think about the story of Joseph. You know, the Joseph was incredibly wronged, and think about what his brothers did to him and how long it was between when he was put in slavery and all the things that happened to him to the time that he encounters his brothers, right? It wasn't like 60 minutes or a day or something. He had years um, to let his life unfold so that when he encountered his brothers, he kind of put them through some stuff, Right? To see, like, are you still the snotty big brothers that you were back then? And when he could see that there was a change of heart, he makes himself vulnerable and he says, you know, I forgive you. Um, But they don't even trust that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 50, super quick. And uh, you remember they they all relocate to Egypt because Joseph says, I want to see my father and I want to take care of you while the famine's happening. And then Jacob dies, and the brothers have a bit of a panic attack. All right? 
they're like, uh-oh, our insurance, our protection's gone. Like, Dad's dead, and Joseph can do anything he wants to us. What's this going to be like? So Genesis chapter uh, 50, and beginning in verse 16. So the brothers sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Forgive your brothers for the great evil they did to you. Now, who knows whether Jacob really said that or not? But I have a tendency to believe that if Jacob really felt that way or whatever, he would have told Joseph himself. Right? Okay. Uh, Forgive your brothers for the great evil they did to you. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive us. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and bowed low before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph told them, don't be afraid of me. Am I God to judge and punish you? As far as I am concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil. He brought me to the the high position I have today so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. Indeed, I myself will take care of you and your families. And he spoke very kindly to them, reassuring them. Now, Joseph had the benefit of seeing how life played out, right, and how the good happened. Uh, We don't always have that. You know, it takes a while for that to happen. And so it uh, it is a process. Number seven, forgiving is putting yourself in harm's way, right? If I forgive myself, that means I'm just going to keep being hurt over and over again. And that, again, does not seem fair or right. And to that, I would say forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. Now, forgiveness is the precursor and paves the way for the possibility Of reconciliation, right? But there are times, just like with consequence, there are times where we forgive the person, but there are some people who, because of their own choices, it's a necessity to love from a distance. It's not our first choice, it's not what we want necessarily. It would be great if every relationship was reconciled, but that's not always the case. Forgiveness is releasing the other person and myself from this experience so that it's not going to hover over either of us so that we can both have the hope of healing. But whether we're continuing to heal together or apart, that's the next step to be figured out, right? Um, If I lent you my car and you got a ding in it, you know, I might be willing to say, you know, I forgive you, and sure, you can borrow it again. If it happens a second time, I'm going to be a little less hesitant, or a little less willing, right, more hesitant to give you the car, because now you're starting to develop a pattern of me trusting you and you not taking care of what I'm trusting you with, right? And at a certain point, I may say, yeah, no, you're not borrowing the car anymore, right? Like, I love you, and I want what's best for you, but you're continuing to show that there's nothing that's changing here, right? It's, it's not wise or safe to give you something that um, is being abused. And so 
forgiveness is important, reconciliation is wonderful, but they're not automatically the same thing. Right? There can be a difference. Um, and so some people have said, well, I know that God wants me to forgive. And I know that God says, if I don't forgive, that I won't be forgiven. But to be honest, what was done to me was so hurtful and so painful, I'm not at a place where I am ready to forgive. Does that make me a bad person? Right? I'm sure I'll be able to, but I'm not there right now. I want to share with you, Desmond Tutu's written a book with his daughter on forgiveness, a wonderful book. And here's a prayer that I really appreciate. It's called The Prayer Before the Prayer, right? And here's what he says. I want to be willing to forgive, but I dare not ask for the will to forgive in case you give it to me, and I'm not yet ready, (laughs) all right? I'm not yet ready for my heart to soften. I'm not yet ready to be vulnerable again. I'm not yet ready to see that there's humanity in my tormentor's eyes, or that the one who hurt me may also have cried. I'm not yet ready for the journey. I'm not yet interested in the path. I'm at the prayer before the prayer of forgiveness. Grant me the will to want to forgive. Grant it to me, not yet, but soon. Can I even form the words, forgive me? Dare I even look? Do I dare to see the hurt that I have caused? I can glimpse all the shattered pieces of that fragile thing, that soul trying to rise on the broken wings of hope, but only out of the corner of my eye because I am afraid of it. And if I'm afraid to see, how can I not be afraid to say, forgive me? Is there a place where we can meet you and me, the place in the middle, the no man's land, where we straddle the lines where you are right and I am right too, and both of us are wrong and wronged? Can we meet there? And can we look for the place where the path begins, the path that ends when we forgive? Yeah? Mm. I know what's expected of me. (laughs) I'm not there yet. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say that. It's a process. And I fully believe that God would rather have us authentically be able to forgive than like I have done and my kids have done, of, yeah, I'm sorry, okay, let's just, you know. And yet, still hold on to it, right? So giving our time this space. Jesus is a wonderful example, the example, right, of forgiveness. And I just want to close with this example. Jesus, as he's there dying on the cross, says what? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, right? He fully felt the insults. He fully felt the, the nails. He fully felt the whip, the crown of thorns. Like, he fully felt that. He wasn't washing this away and, you know, sweeping it under the rug. He fully experienced this. And this, this is the amazing thing. And yet he was able, even though they did not see Jesus' humanity and respect him and honor him like we were reading about, 
he was able to see their humanity. Amazing. Notice what Desire of Ages says. His, Jesus' mind, passed from his own suffering to the sin of his persecutors. He was dying for them too, right? And the terrible retribution that would be theirs. No curses were called down upon the soldiers who were handling him so roughly. No vengeance was invoked upon the priests and rulers who were gloating over the accomplishment of their purpose. Christ pitied them in their ignorance and guilt. He breathed only a plea for their forgiveness, for they know not what they do. Had they known that they were putting to torture one who had come to save the sinful race from eternal ruin, they would have been seized with remorse and horror, but their ignorance did not remove their guilt. Right? That so beautifully encapsulates Jesus being able to see their humanity and yet again consequences for the choices that we each make. Well, forgiveness is not always easy, but we trust that when we do hard things, good things will come of it, right? We walk by faith, not by feeling, not always by sight, but by trusting that if we do this thing, there's healing and hope in the process that awaits us on the other side. All right. So God bless you as you heal and as you find the courage to extend grace and mercy and forgiveness to those around you.